morning and welcome to worship for this first Sunday in February at United Methodist Church, Westlake Village. We're so glad that you found us and we hope that this service is edifying for you. Before we jump into service though, I wanna share a few announcements with you. I wanna remind you that as this is the first Sunday of the month, we will be participating in Holy Communion. I invite you to find some time to go get the elements that you need, some bread, some chips, some crackers, and some juice so that you can allow the Holy Spirit to work across the internet um, as we partake in this holy mystery. We are just a few weeks away from the beginning of Lent, so I wanna encourage you to consider going out and purchasing Toward the Kingdom of Heaven, a 40-day daily reading on the Sermon on the Mount. It's by Amy Jill Levine. You can find it online and have it delivered to your house. And then Pastor Walt and I will be offering four opportunities for you to gather to discuss the book, either on Monday or Thursday at 9 a.m. or 7 p.m. We ask you to contact the office and to let them know when you plan to be a part of the small group so that we can plan accordingly for those groups. To mark the beginning of Lent, we will have an Ash Wednesday service that's available to you online. We will be working in conjunction with the New Hope Lutheran congregation. It'll be posted on our website, their website, and our YouTube page. So we hope that you'll mark some time at 7 p.m. on the 17th to center your heart as we step into Lent. Our giving statements for 2020 were emailed out this week. I wanna encourage you that if you did not see it in your inbox, to go check your spam to make sure that it didn't accidentally get sent there. I know that I received mine, so I hope you got yours as well. And just so that we address the fact that I have a tree behind me, this will be made a little bit clearer as uh, we have our children's moment in just a couple moments. So friends, I invite you to center your hearts and receive this gift of music. Today in worship, we are concluding our sermon series on the Beatitudes. We will reflect on the last two blessed statements that Jesus delivers and reflect on what all of the statements mean to our lives and how we might carry Jesus's blessings into the world to be transformed ourselves and hopefully to be God's agent for renewal and transformation of the world. We invite you in, Holy Spirit, that our hearts might be opened to your truth. Our eyes might have your wisdom revealed to us. And we might continue to embrace 
the reality of the depth of your love for us. Be with us this day. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Inspire us to live lives that bring honor to you. Amen. Now's the time in our service where I want to talk directly to our children. So if you're in the room, come close to your TV screens, your telephones, your tablets, or your computers so that we can be talking. I hope that you watched this week's Celebrate Wonder video and you will have seen a completed version, hopefully, of this tree that is behind me. This week, we talked about the Lord's Prayer and how the Lord's Prayer is a guide for us. We also talked about creating a space or a place in our home where we could lift up our prayers and take them so that we could offer them to God. Now yours doesn't have to be as big as a wall of your house, but as this wall is the one that is the backdrop for all of our Sunday school videos, we decided to make it a little bit bigger. Find a place, find a whiteboard, find some place where you can give your prayers to God. During our Sunday School curriculum, we talked about how the Lord's Prayer is a guide for us. It helps us learn what to pray when we don't know what to say. Some of us have things that we say all the time, whether it's like our prayer at the end of each of these videos where we talk about where we talk to God and thank God for today, tomorrow, and for loving us. Or if you've listened to many of my prayers, you'll notice that they start with awesome and almighty God because God continues to fill me with wonder and makes me amazed at what I see. And God has such great love for us and has done so much for the world that I want to give honor to God. I have a friend who's a part of our church that every time she starts her prayers to God, she says, Dear God, it's me, Nancy. Just to make sure that God knows who's, who's talking to God. Find what works for you. And when you don't know what to say, you can go back to the Lord's Prayer or the prayer that we pray at the end of our children's time so that you have something to say. God wants to know what's on your heart. So if you start with what I say on a regular basis and then go from there or come up with your own words, all of that is good. Will you join me in a moment of prayer as we talk to God together? Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us a guide. We bring our prayers to you. Amen.
Let us take a moment to center ourselves on the Spirit, God's Spirit within us. And joining with those others in worship this morning, claim its power among us through this act of faith we call prayer. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, forgiving and healing God, inspiring and empowering God, we open our hearts to you this morning and join with one another in prayer for your grace and love to flow upon us. May we be touched, healed, and encouraged by your Spirit this day. We pray your forgiveness over our sins, those times we did not think, speak, or act well as a child of yours casting a shadow over your image within and a distortion of your reflection without. We are sorrowful over these times and pray your mercy might help us be renewed and set us on the rightful way as followers of your Son. We think of those throughout the world who are suffering from the pandemic and who are having this pandemic layered on already untenable situations of oppression or violence or hunger or homelessness, abandonedness or loneliness. So much, too much. Lend your aid in all places and at all times to your children who cry out in need and with hopefulness. And in those places and for those circumstances that we can be your ambassadors, your servants of aid, awaken us to them. Equip us, call us forth and send us out in your name for your good purposes. We think this morning of some specific people who have come to our attention and stand in need of your healing or comforting touch. Hear our prayers, Lord God, and come to their aid as needed. We pray this morning for the family of Helen Cromwell, who died this last week. We know that you have received her dear heart, her spirit, such a blessed soul. For those of us who grieve, comfort us in our loss. We pray for Mary Nolan, who is losing her eyesight. For Jim Lawson's daughter with her declining health. We pray for Jeff Dawkin as he goes under a second soldier shoulder surgery this week. Ernie Lauer's daughter, Michelle, as she is improving from her cancer. And for Linda Northrup, as she continues to heal from her cancer surgery. We pray for 
Jane Chapman, that she would find some relief from her back pain and for her friend Tammy, who was in ICU with COVID and pneumonia. With Candy Wilcox, we pray for a family friend who is experiencing acute depression and has been hospitalized as he is making arrangements moving from the East Coast to the West to be with family. We pray for her daughter-in-law who is having a breast biopsy and for her nine-year-old grandson who is experiencing great distress over being relocated. We pray this morning for Lynn Albertson, who will be uh, getting radiation treatment for a new liver tumor. For Brenda Rogers, as she starts to deal with a new diagnosis in her life of asthma. And together we pray for Betty Stemmons, brother in Argentina, Mario, who is in failing health. For her niece's husband, who has a coronary blockage, and for her sister, who has fractured an ankle in a fall. To these who we mention, we would add those who we remember privately in the quiet of our thoughts. Lord God, be with all these folk. We pray also for our church and our ministries that we would be pleasing in your sight in our efforts to do your good. May your good be our work. Equip us and retool us for the challenges that are ahead. Help us to stand fast in faithfulness and to trust in you. May we be effective to your glory and to the betterment of those around us. We pray this all in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
Our scripture reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. join me in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for your beautiful heart and topsy-turvy teaching. Thank you for changing our hearts and lives, for helping us to see everyone and everything through your eyes. Fill us this day with hope and strength to serve, love, and heal your world. Remind us each day what it means to be truly blessed and keep us steady as we follow your footsteps. Amen. That prayer is adapted from a prayer that was written in the Illustrated Ministry devotional for the Beatitudes, and I just found it absolutely lovely. The idea of recognizing that what Jesus has to say to us in many ways turns us on our side and makes us reconsider what it means to be people of faith and needing the courage and the strength to love and serve and to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We have been on a grand adventure as we've explored the Beatitudes over the last several weeks and I am thankful for what we have learned, where we have gone, and how God is challenging us through all that we have journeyed through together. I had the chance to be sitting in on a meeting earlier this week where a member of our church said this, I have the opportunity to be the person I want to be when my life is complete. I think that our studies of the Beatitudes 
are helping us on that journey, helping us to consider who we want to be, how we want to live, and how we're going to engage the world as disciples of Christ. Now, as we've been studying the Beatitudes, they've been sort of layering themselves on top of each other, sharing little bits of wisdom and imparting new understanding with each one that was shared. Amy Jill Levine says that Jesus begins with the Beatitudes, words of encouragement concerning the human condition and words of assurance that proper attitudes and compassionate actions that flow from them both are blessings and create blessings. What a gift is it that we are blessed as we create blessings and as we live in the world. But the final two Beatitudes this day remind us that as we create blessings for others and as we live as God calls us to live, that we are not always going to have the popular opinion. We are not always going to have or have the actions, do the actions that line up with what society in general says is okay, is acceptable, is right. But we are called in the midst of these blessings to live in such a way that we are aspiring to be righteous, that we're aspiring to live by the codes that God has prescribed for us, that Jesus is teaching in the Beatitudes. We are called to know that as we make choices that align with our faith, that we may be persecuted, that there may be people who revile us, who look down upon us, who judge us for those choices. But that's okay, because we are reminded also that Jesus, while he wasn't at that point as he was delivering the Beatitudes, gets to that point that he was persecuted and reviled for the things that he was saying, and that he was not the first one to proclaim God's truth and to be looked down upon, cast out, or judged by their community. We're reminded that we have a cloud of witnesses in all of the prophets that came before before us, before Jesus, trying to direct people back onto the path of following God. In scripture, Jesus talks about there being a narrow road or a narrow gate. And sometimes it feels like we are definitely pushing against a crowd striving to live faithfully so that we might get through that narrow gate as the things that we do bring glory and honor to our God. As we live as people who understand the Beatitudes and try to live them most fully in our lives. I feel like the Beatitudes are almost a progression. They stack on top of each other. We start with looking at those who are pure in our... our, um, are not pure in heart, we get to the pure in heart. We start with those who are poor in spirit. And then we talk about those who mourn. We talk about the meek. We talk about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We talk about pure in heart or pure of heart. We talk about those who seek to be peacemakers. 
and we talk about those being persecuted for righteousness sake and those who are looked down upon for doing work in Jesus's name. So we start from a place of recognizing that we are dependent upon one another, that we need each other. And we look at the world and we can see the places where there is hurt, where there is sorrow, where things are not as they should be when we consider the kingdom of heaven. And we mourn that reality and we strive to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. We recognize that we are not the end all and be all by ourselves, but we're part of a larger community who is interconnected, who are all loved and cherished by our creator. We seek, we hunger and thirst for righteousness, both for ourselves and for our world. We seek to be peacemakers who work to bring about what God desires. And we recognize that as we are peacemakers, we may just alienate some people. We may just do things that upset the status quo, whether it's in our family, in our community, or in the world. But because of the fact that we know that we are living by a call that our God has given to us, that we are pure in heart, and we know that our motivations are guided not by our own personal will, but by the will of God, we make those choices despite the fact that it is unpopular, despite the fact that we have people who may walk away from us, but because of the integrity that we have for ourselves and the ways in which God has called us to interact with the world, we choose to make the unpopular stand. We choose to stand up for those that are persecuted, those that are alienated, those that are ostracized, so that we can make sure that all within God's beloved kingdom are a part of the kingdom and have the honor and a place at the table. We as people of faith are called to do and follow God where God leads us, knowing that where we are led, it may not be easy. It may not be what society expects us to do, but it is what God wants for us and what God wants for the kingdom of heaven. As we talk about persecution, we have to recognize that while we make unpopular choices, we live in a nation where we have freedom of religion. We have the ability to proclaim that we are Christians and be accepted. There are places in the world where that is not the case. So as we think about our persecution, we need to remember that there are some that are going through situations that are much more dire than ours but are living faithfully out of how God has called them and what God has placed on their heart to live. Levine in her Sermon on the Mount book says, on those who find themselves having to utter, or let's try this again. On those who find themselves having others utter all kinds of evil against them, 
on account of Jesus or who suffer for carrying the name Christian. She recognizes that Jesus's concern is that one welcome the stranger and not hit them over the head with faith. He is rather aware of those who risk their lives to live the gospel. In parts of the world, the practice of Christianity is illegal. Churches are bombed and children are hounded. To be aware of this persecution should prompt Jesus's followers to risk their reputations to make peace with others in their neighborhoods. As or peace when others in their neighborhoods are persecuted for being different. We need to find ways to live lives that go outside of the places of comfort that challenge us, but are where God calls us to be. There's a book written by Catherine Marie Dickman and L. Patrick Carroll entitled Inviting the Mystic, Supporting the Prophet, An Introduction to Spiritual Direction. And they say the person deepening in prayer and growing in faith is not called out of the world to be with God, but is more profoundly immersed in the world's heart. We, as we strive to be righteous, as we strive to live into who God is calling us to be, we can't set ourselves apart. We can't say that we're not supposed to be in the world because the truth is, is that we're called to immerse ourselves in the world's heart, to immerse ourselves in ways of living that continue to see the world, see the pain, see the heartache, but also see the ways that we can be a part of making the world different, of building that kingdom that God so desires. The women's group on Wednesday afternoons is reading a book entitled In the Sanctuary of Women and is written by a woman named Jan Richardson. And she says this, our well, I've adapted it a little bit. In what she said, I've adapted it to mean our faith and the Beatitudes call us to look at our ordinary lives and to see into the gaps, the possibilities, the painfulness of the world and the beauty of it. It means not closing our eyes to the world to seek our own bliss, but rather turning our gaze toward the world and to the God who calls us here. And she offers a blessing to her readers after reading that saying, that you will go into the heart of God and find a heart of the, wor of the world. That you will go into the world and find the heart of God. I think that as our faith grows, as we embrace the truths of the Beatitudes and how they continue to build upon each other, we see a world that is in need of God's love. As we strengthen our relationship with God, we have a heart for bringing God into the world and shining God's light. And as we are in the world, we see God in each and every face that we encounter, knowing that there is no one whose eyes that we look into who is not beloved by God. Everyone is loved by God, so love should be our motivating factor. 
so that as we are making stands of faith, as we are seeking to be peacemakers, we are doing so out of acts of love, out of acts of grace, out of an appreciation for the blessings that God has bestowed upon us, and out and as an act of celebration, a gift of thanksgiving, so that others might appreciate God as well. Levine in her her study, a companion in reflect or in her study guide for the Sermon on the Mount, asks a couple questions about the Beatitudes that I think are important for us to consider. How specifically do you exercise responsibility as a response to the ways you consider yourself blessed? And what does responsibility mean? What is your ability to respond and what should you do for the ways that you are blessed? And based on the Beatitudes, as you look at each one individually and as you look at them collectively, what are God's priorities and how do they differ from human priorities? What is God's will for human life? As we ask this question, I think this is the place where we get into the making the choices that may just get us persecuted. But we know that it is what God is asking us to do. As Levine studied the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes as a part of it, she says we can leave the Beatitudes with the phrases, blessed are, ringing in our ears. We've spent the last several weeks looking at those blessed are. And we could attempt to recite all nine of them, but she challenges us instead, saying that perhaps a better exercise is to continue the pattern and develop our own blessed are statements. If you were to write your own beatitude expressing what you believe the kingdom of heaven is, what would it say? I posed that question on Facebook earlier this week, and I got a wide range of responses. Some of them tongue-in-cheek and foolish and silly, and some of them thoughtful and considerate. One of them saying, I have yet to be able to write one that is appropriate to share in this forum because I want to swear. And I'm, when I get to the point that I can come up with one that doesn't swear, Rachel, I'll share it with you. And I've encouraged this friend to share their beatitude with me. And maybe we can work together to fine tune it in such a way that it honors what he's trying to say while at the same time being Facebook and church appropriate. But I had some friends that shared things that I think are good for us to hear. One friend said, Blessed is the kingdom of heaven, which is a place where we, we will live as one people, all races, all colors, something we have not managed to do on earth. Another friend said, blessed are the children because they are the future of humanity. Blessed are the men and women with chronic hidden illnesses. Their perseverance is an example for us all. I love both of those because of the fact that we recognize that there is a future for us and there is perseverance that needs to happen. 
our chronically ill brothers and sisters face a struggle each and every day, but continue to press on just as we who are people of faith are challenged to press on on our goal of being faithful to God and living out God's call for us. One friend said, blessed are the gifts of faith and hope which guide and strengthen us in times of trial. How true is that? And another friend said, blessed are the oppressed for their eyes are on the future and God is on their side. Someone within our own church community said, blessed are those who listen with open hearts and minds for theirs is the pathway to open doors. I love that phrase, theirs is the pathway to open doors. May we all have open hearts and open minds so that we may see the doors that God is opening for us, that we may be bold, Jesus-loving followers who live out the gospel in such a way, recognizing that persecution will happen but that we are honoring God in all that we do. As we rub people wrong for standing up for our faith, I hope and pray that we will continue to know that there are blessings in living out the gospel call and living into the reality of who we want to be when life is complete. There's a prayer at the end of the leader guide for the section on the Beatitudes for the Sermon on the Mount that says this, Jesus, our teacher, you are concerned not only with what we believe, but also and especially what we do. Send us out in your spirit to practice righteousness that we whom you graciously call blessed may live as blessings in the world glorifying God in heaven. Amen. I hope that we seek to live out and live into the realities of the Beatitudes, that we boldly embrace the righteousness, being meek enough to recognize that it's not our needs that need to be brought into the forefront, but living into God's desires for who we are called to be and that we may be the people that God has set forth to this place to bring the kingdom of heaven, not only to the distant future, but to the here and now as well. Friends, please let us continue to embrace the gift of being blessed even when it's hard, so that we can see the kingdom of heaven. Amen. We now have the opportunity to share of the many blessings we have experienced in life to support God's effort through us to bless and assist others in their life journeys. How might you help? Is there the possibility that you can partner with God through us for the greater good? 
Soon the screen will show how to make this witness, this act of thanksgiving to God and empowerment to others through our church. Please take note and give generously in that your gifts make a real difference, a real difference in people's lives through the ministries and the presence of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. The Lord be with you. Let us lift up our hearts and give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We praise your name and seek to glorify it in our words and our actions. And so we join with your people on earth and all the company of heaven to praise your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts of Christ Jesus, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice 
and union with Christ's offering for us. As we now proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and juice. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes again in final victory and with him we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's now partake of our elements in this sacred sacrament. Friends, we've reached the end of our journey for this worship service. We have been fed by word and by the gift of Holy Communion. We thank God for the sacrament that feeds us body and soul. And as we as a congregation are striving to set course for a better life, we remember that in setting course for a better life, we have the opportunity to be or become the person we want to be when our lives are complete. Let's make that journey together. Let's set that course and live in ways that we are who we want to be and who God wants us to be. Friends, rooted in love, nurtured in love, go forth in love, confident that the God who created you in love the Christ who meets you with love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires you to love in profound and life-changing ways goes with you each and every day. Amen. you my friend